Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you all are having a great week so far. And we are going to get into it this morning with Philippians 3, Philippians 3. So uh, let us pray um, and let's get into what all God has for us through Philippians 3. Uh, we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of, we're going to be talking about who let the dogs out today, right? The 90s kid in me is saying, who let the dogs out? So here we go. Let's pray. Lord, we just, uh, we pray and thank you so much for uh, this time in the morning that uh, we set apart. And so we pray for your presence to be with us this morning. We pray that you are here in the midst of all of the rooms and all the vehicles or uh, wherever we are listening to this right now. Uh, Lord, that this be your teaching, that you be with us. You be with us in our hearts and our minds. Lord, I surrender myself to you, that this be your teaching and not my own, that we all learn from your word today uh, as we dig into what your apostle Paul has written for us. Uh, that was guided by you. So Lord, we just uh, thank you. We pray blessing over everyone on this call and everybody listening uh, to this podcast later on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Let's get a good stretch in. Yeah, there we go. And let's get into Philippians 3. I am reading out of the New King James Version as I normally do. Um, verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you, it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil works. Beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh, though I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I have more. So, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection 
and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may obtain to the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already obtained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who also walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things for our citizenship is in heaven. I want to read that again. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able to subdue all things to himself. The word of the Lord. So, Let's get into it. First off, he kind of starts out this. I mean, one is not really starting out a chapter. Let's remind ourselves that the the chapter numbers and the verse numbers came much after, um, you know, everything was written. So really, this is just one flowing letter altogether. We just broke it up for our easement, our uh, ability to reference back to everything. um, And that's where all that came from. So But him saying, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord for me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you, it is safe. What he's basically saying here is, hey, it's okay if I'm writing the same things over and over to you. It's not a tedious work. It's actually a good work for him to do, to keep reminding you, keep encouraging you and keep uh, directing you on the same uh, path that you need to be on. We all need to encourage each other because every once in a while, any and all of us, sometimes our our mind gets a little crazy. Something gets wrapped around in our head that's not really the right thing and starts steering us in the wrong way. And so it's a good thing to, and it's not tedious to give somebody the same advice over to redirect them and keep them on the straight and narrow with what God has for them, according to his word. But for you, it is safe. It is a safe thing to do. It is keeping us going towards Jesus. It's keeping us on the direct azimuth, on the direct path, uh, in the direct direction for our lives. It's a good thing. So if you've got a friend that you just keep 
saying the same thing over and over to them. Press into the word of God. Pray more. Read your Bible. Soap. Join the soap here. Listen to the podcast. Whatever it is, if you're saying the same thing over and over, don't count it as tedious for you to be keeping giving the same thing over and over to another person in direction and in help. Don't look at it as tedious. You're doing God's good work and keeping them on the right direction. As Papa always says, keep your focus, keep your focus. It's not tedious for him in saying, keep your focus all the time, because we always need that reminder to keep our focus on Jesus. It's a great reminder for me. It's a great reminder for Jason. It's a great reminder for all of us that we hear, keep your focus. And we know where he's talking about. It's not focused on things. It's not focused on money. It's not focused on relationships. It's focused only on the relationship with Jesus Christ. And that will straighten everything out. So that is, and as we get into this, let's remind ourselves that he is saying this over and over again. He's talking about circumcision again here in the uh, book of, or the letter to Philippi, the Philippians here, and he was just talking about it in Galatians that we just finished as well. So we're seeing this issue of these dogs. Beware of dogs. Beware of evildoers. And I, I just got corny this morning with my '90s kid in me of who you know. I just see Apostle Paul if he was raised in the '90s. Who let the dogs out, right? Like who who let these idiots run around and start preaching a false gospel? Who let these morons run around and start uh, sending out this legalistic, this heathenistic, this wrong teaching, this false gospel of Jesus? Of saying that you had to have circumcision. You had to do this mutilation. He calls it a mutilation of the flesh, but yet he did it himself. Why does he do that? And let's kind of dig into this a little bit where we're saying, why is, why is this? Because this was in the law. It's in the Old Testament, right? God even commanded this in the Old Testament, in the law, to be circumcised on the eighth day after you were born. But it was the whole point of this is that this was all prelude in the Old Testament. Everything was pointing to Jesus. Everything was pointing to this time now. It was like wearing, what was the old way of, uh, if you forgot something, you put like a red ribbon around your finger or something like that to help remind you of, uh, of a certain thing. This was a permanent mark to help remind you of who you belong to. That you were sanctified and set apart for God. That's what circumcision originally was for, that you were part of the nation of Israel, that you were set aside, that you were made holy for him. And it was a permanent, can't redo it, can't go back reminder of who you belong to. But people turned what was good and turned it into just basic, I'm just blindly following it culture. When we lose the heart of something, it, ha- it loses its meaning. It just becomes something we do, and it just becomes some kind of cultural ritual instead of a real, honest, heartfelt reminder of who we belong to. And that's the whole point here is that when we maintain where our heart belongs, that's where everything really matters. 
It matters so much more that our heart is dedicated towards Christ, that our heart is set apart, that our mind thinks like Christ more than what we physically do in cultural ways. Apostle Paul sounds like he's actually boasting of himself, saying that he has more confidence in the flesh. But actually what he's writing down is a whole list of things that we should not be doing. So he goes through this and like saying, first off, he says we need to worship in the spirit. Understand that when we worship through the spirit, we worship through our spirit to the Holy Spirit. We worship through that. That's what sets us apart. How our heart operates sets us apart makes us holy. We are made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are not made righteous by what we do in culture. We are not made righteous by what we do in our finances. We are not made righteous in what we do at our job by getting a promotion. And definitely if you're getting promotion by backstabbing people, we are not made righteous by our works at all. We are made righteous by who we worship. We are made righteous by who we draw strength from. It's all because of the blood of the Lamb. It's all because of Jesus Christ. We are made righteous because of his sacrifice. That's who we are. We don't, our faith is what makes us righteous. Our heart and our mind continuously staying focused makes us righteous. It is imputed on us because of the work. Of Jesus Christ. There's nothing you could do physically. There's no work that you can do to make yourself righteous. Self righteousness is nothing but filthy rags. Filthy rags. And so he goes down this, uh, this level of how his flesh is something he could have confidence in if he was, if the flesh was anything to have confidence in. If, and he's, you gotta, it's, it comes across weird because of course, remember this wasn't written in Greek and we're translating it into English. So there's a level of where this sounds funny, where he's trying to say that he, if anybody's to have confidence in their flesh, it should be me because I'm so awesome because of I did all the works that culture told me to do, and I did it, and I did it well, and I did it better than other people. He said that right here through special rituals of otherwise he got circumcised, but not just any circum. He did it exactly on the eighth day after he was born, the way that the law said to do. He goes, because I did everything that the law said right through a special ritual, I am awesome. Because of this cultural thing, it start again, it's circumcision, the physicalness of it started out as a holy thing that it's supposed to be reminding of where your heart belongs to, but it lost that and it became just a law that people had to follow. And it just became something that was just done or you weren't culturally right anymore. And it lost the full effect of understanding where you belong. So some through some special ritual you were made right or through a special group that he was of the stock of Israel as he says. And that so if you were in a special group that made you uh better. That made you uh have confidence in your fleshly things in which you did 
because of a special group you were a part of. Or maybe it was family lineage. I, oh, you know, I hail from this. And he says, I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm one of the special tribes within uh, Israel itself. My family lineage itself is what's making me so good. And, and I should have confidence in my flesh. Or doing what man says looks impressive. That he was a Pharisee concerning zeal. He persecuted the church because he was trying to maintain the holiness of the temple. And also that therefore, because of all this, he was blameless. According to culture. According to culture, he was blameless. According to what man wanted him to do, what looked good on paper, what looked good on your LinkedIn profile, what looked good in all of those things made you look blameless and marketable. But he says, I count it as loss. But what things are gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. None of these mattered. These were wrong in itself as well because it didn't have the holiness in which it was originally founded for in the Hebrew of being a Hebrew of Hebrews. You know, we have these kind of sayings in our own culture right now when you look at a, a, a couple that does the right thing or looks the right way and, and whatever, and we call them a power couple or we, we call like people like all of these different uh, types of names in our culture because they're doing, quote unquote, the exterior right thing in the eyes of man. But are we trying to be power people and power couples? Or are we trying to follow the words of Jesus and follow what God has written for us in our lives? It's a going against the grain type thing even though, and here's the thing, we, we talk about culture, and a lot of times, unfortunately, we use that word culture as a negative term. Culture isn't inherently bad if it's pointing you to the words of Christ. If your culture is saying, like, we have culture in church, right? We have, we have culture in church. We have culture in Fusion Church. Our church Fusion Church is going to have a different culture than other churches. There's nothing wrong with culture as long as it's pointing you to the Word of God and that it's based and founded on the Word of God and that it is helping you point and direct your lives and your heart and your mind to be like Christ. If that's your culture, keep going. But if your culture is to impress other people, if your culture is to look good to other people, if your culture is to just look good to continue to have status and power and promotion and all of these other things, we might need to turn around. We might need to look the other way. We might need to guide ourselves back to what God has for us instead of what man has for us. And there's nothing wrong with getting a promotion at work. But how are you doing it? There's nothing wrong with doing the right thing in your life. But is, is it guided by the word of God? Or is it, are you, the means in which you're doing these things, are they against the word of God? Are they immoral? Are they hurting other people? 
I think we've all had somebody in maybe our jobs or our lifetime where we saw that they got somebody got promotion, somebody got the the step ahead of everyone because they stabbed people in the back. Because they did the wrong thing at at their work. They were more concerned with their self-promotion than letting God give them power because they followed the word of God. There's a big, big difference when you see those two types of people. And I think we, a lot of us right here can feel and understand that. Be careful that your faith is not dictated by culture. And this is where even in church, we have culture, we have that church itself, church, uh, has a culture, even in the South, right? The, the Bible Belt of the United States, it's, it's culturally good to go to church. It's culturally accepted. It's a place of getting connections and doing all these other things. So is your faith guided by culture or is your faith guided by the word of God? Is your faith guided by culture? Or is your faith guided by the word of God? There are things right now in our culture that say, if you're a Christian, you have to think X, Y, Z. And some of those things are very correct, according to the word of God. And some of the things out there right now are not. Are not. There is church culture right now that is going ex exactly against what this word says. They're twisting and turning the word of God into feelings-based faith instead of the word of God, the truth-based faith. We need to make sure that our faith is guided by his word alone and not by culture. Let's make sure we are on with the black and white and red as well is telling us. The word of God stands true. Don't twist it. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. The word of God. We have to stay founded in that. The dogs of, of culture, the dogs of tradition, these are basically the dogs of feelings over faith. Don't listen to the dogs of feelings over faith. The more that we are in relationship with God, the more that we have time in our own, not just corporately, this is good, this is discipleship, this is uh, learning and growing here on this soap. This is great. This is part of the body of Christ. This is a good thing, but we have to have our own personal intimacy with God on our own. We have to have that time to do that where we're growing in our faith in a personal, intimate relationship. And Paul, so Paul talks about it in verse 10 here, that I may know him. Having relationship, putting trust in Jesus and putting him first, spending time in prayer and in his word. Worshiping him. Having that time with him, that's where we get discernment. That's where we get wisdom. That's where we get knowledge of what he wants for us instead of what man wants for us. That's where we get the understanding of our direction in which God has laid out a path for us. That's where we learn what we were made for. 
is in relationship with our maker. You don't get to understand who and how you were made by talking to other made people. You learn what you were made for by talking to your maker, by talking to Jesus Christ, by having time in his word and in prayer. And guess what? Prayer is two-way streak. It's not a, I'm going to let you, I'm going to dump everything at your feet and then walk away. Take some time and listen. Take some time in silence. Take some time and listen to what the Holy Spirit is trying to talk to you about. And the power of the resurrection, this is the Holy Spirit right here. So verse 10, that now I may know him and the power of the resurrection. The resurrecting power of Jesus Christ lives in us, and that is the Holy Spirit. We are the new temple. We are the, the temple of God as here in us our bodies are that temple we have the holy spirit if you have faith in jesus christ and what he's done for you the power of the resurrection rests in you let him speak let him speak to you let him have that time don't just pray and and be like oh he's not a genie in a bottle right we don't just rub the lamp, tell them what I want, and walk away and be like, expect it to happen. You got to listen. Because sometimes what we pray for is outside of his will, and he's got something better for you. He'll answer your prayer, but guess what? Sometimes the answer is no. And sometimes that's the best no we can get. That's a no that helps us. That's a no that sets us on the right path. That's a no that redirects our heart and our mind. That's a no that is holy and righteous and good for us. This is not a yes, ma'am, or yes, sir, faith. This is a relationship faith. And sometimes in a relationship, you get told no. And that's good. Because he is a good, good father. And we know a good father will tell his children no sometimes when it's something that's not good for you. You may think you want it. You may think you need it. But it's actually a, a path to something that's not good for you. And he says no. And that's okay. And that's okay. But you won't understand and get that if you don't spend time with your father. The other part, he gets into like sufferings, the fellowship of his sufferings, mutual understanding and going against the eyes of men and culture. When we turn that other direction, when we are following Jesus, we're going to have suffering. We're going to have where the, excuse me, our culture looks at us funny and, and tells us something different. What do you mean you're tithing to the church? Why are you just throwing money away? What do, you, what do you mean you're, you're spending your time serving at church when you could be sleeping in? What do you, what do you mean that you're, you're going somewhere on a Wednesday night or a Wednesday morning to worship in prayer? What, what, these, these things that culture says, no, that's your time. Why are you giving your time up? No, that's your talent. Why are you wasting your talent there? No, that is your money. 
we all understand that this is these are these cultural grains against us right now. The good thing is, is guess what? That's the worst of it that we get in this country. Other people are suffering truly bodily to the point of death in other countries because of their faith. The worst thing that you get is some kind of ridicule from your family and friends or your coworkers. It's pretty, it's pretty low. It's not that powerful. It's not that strong, but yet we make it that way. We listen to too many people's opinions sometimes, and we, we think going against the grain is so hard. And I'm not saying it's easy, but there's much harder things that people are dealing with. There, we have people in our church right now that used to have to sneak out when they lived in other countries, sneak out just to go to church in the cover of darkness so they could worship their God. So that we could worship Jesus Christ. They, were, they had to sneak out and, and avoid the authorities so they didn't die, basically, or put, be put in prison so they could worship the Lord collectively. Yet, uh, slept in. Yet, uh, the comfort of my bed just wouldn't let me go. Sometimes we think things are so hard when in reality in a global perspective they're not that hard but yet we will go through suffering we will go through that and there's a mutualness in this the great thing is is that the word confirms the word right and so if we look into first peter first peter chapter 4 12 through 16 here and get to where I marked it. Here we go. And this isn't even Apostle Paul. This is Peter. So this is great to even see that God is working through two different people. Beloved, do not think it <clears throat> strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake in Christ's suffering that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a busybody in other people's matters. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this manner. Almost take it as get a smile if somebody questions why you go to church. Take it as a smile as to why you perceive to uh, proceed to take this time in the morning and be on soap. Take it as a smile when people look at you and go, wow, why did you got baptized? What was that all about? Look at it as a smile when people question your faith. And also it's a testimony of your faith that you maintain and keep your mind focused on Christ. Keep your focus. Keep your focus. Sit down with your father and let him guide your steps. 
Let him work with you and understanding and showing you how he made you and how he wants to guide your life for such a glorious way that gives him honor and praise and makes you righteous because of what Christ Jesus did for us. And the one thing that keeps me going, honestly, is I just remember and think about what all that God has saved me from. I, ha- I don't, I don't never get over the fact that you're saved and all the things that really you deserve. Never get over the fact of what God has done for you because that is the foundation of what we all get to do. And we get to do this faith that we get to walk in this community together because of what God has done for us. Don't let your salvation go cold. Don't let your salvation just be something that you take for granted. It's why we get to do all that we do. So let us pray and let us have a great day because we are saved by the blood of the Lamb. Lord, we just thank you this morning for your word. We thank you that you're here to keep our focus on you, that your word reminds us that we're going to have suffering in this world. We're going to do that, but you sent your only son, and he felt every bit of all of that we go through. He felt rejection. He felt criticized. He felt misunderstood. He felt all of the issues that we deal with. He felt the pain, both emotional and physical. So Lord, we, we're not worshiping you that sits on high, that doesn't have an understanding of what we go through. We worship a living God that went through and understands every bit of our temptation and our turmoil and our trouble and our issues. We worship a God that gets us, that loves us. We worship you, Lord, because you paid and took upon the sin in which you didn't have to, but because you love us, you did. And so we thank you. May we never lose sight of you. May our mind and our heart be fixated on you. May we continue to just walk in the direction in which you have for us. Lord, I just pray everybody on this call and everybody on this podcast just spends time with you, that they also get understanding and revelation from you and that they they get wisdom and discernment and knowing the direction in which you have for them in their path that gives you praise and worship and, and gives us direct and good righteous direction. Lord, we just thank you this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.